This morning we're going to look at God's Word, receiving God's Word, trusting God's Word, and obeying God's Word. And we're going to, we've got two testimony videos this morning which we're going to show and ask you to do some conversations as well. But receiving, trusting, and obeying. First, receiving God's Word. God, God, God's Word comes to us and we receive it um, through various means and ways, through, through the preaching of God's Word, through us reading it. But it comes to us and we looked at how to delight in God's Word. It's very good in a sense um, to begin to change our mindset about God's Word. Sometimes we think of it as God's Word is some kind of rules which I just kind of, I've got to squish myself into. But we looked at delighting God's Word. It's actually very good. Why? Because it comes from God who Himself is very good. Everything God calls us to. You know, when I give out rules to my kids, sometimes they're um, selfish. <laughs> Do not speak. I am trying to sleep. <laughs> It doesn't really have any benefit to them. It's just asking them not to say anything because I, the Lord of all, need a rest. God's not like me, fortunately. Everything he says is good. It's for our good. It's, he's perfectly good and perfectly holy, perfectly gracious, perfectly... Uh, he, he wants to do no harm. He will not lie. You know, I lie to the kids sometimes. Sorry to upset you. You need to be quiet. I don't know why, just because... I'm not giving them any real reason or I tell them it's, uh, it's because it's good for you. And no, it's not. It's just because I'm selfish. I don't tell them that part. That's the part I hide. Yeah? And God's Word is good. So the, the fundamental, so we, do we really believe that? Or do we just think of God's Word as some kind of uh, parental framework where, oh, it's a, it's a dad who's a bit grumpy, sort of lashing out. No, God's Word is not like that at all. We, do we receive it as good? So that's our first question this morning. And then what, what might it do? It's not just a, a rule, but it's actually, the Bible says God's Word is alive and active. It has, its, uh, has a power behind it because it's God speaking. When God speaks, it's very different to when any of us speak. When God speaks, it has a power behind it. God's Word is not only authoritative, like good and correct, it's also alive and active. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates, even dividing the soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. God's word exposes exactly who we are. It's a great mirror, and it knows exactly who we are. You can't even fake it with God ever, right? God's word divides everything. It goes even into the motives that we don't know we have, and it, it begins to address them. God's good and gracious and kind, and He works in our lives. This Word is working. He doesn't sort of dismantle us in one moment, like everything that sort of needs to change in us happen all at one occasion. But God's Word comes to us, and it begins to change us. It shapes us. It gets into our heart motive, and it begins to shape and change us. It is an accurate mirror of who we are. And God's Word has a job to do. It's going to change us. Jeremiah 1.12 says that God says, I'm watching over my word to perform it, yeah. to bring it about. God is, God's word is powerful because it is God's word. He is good and perfect and perfect in his goodness. And so what are we to do about this? <laughs> if there's a good and perfect word, if there's something that's beautiful and good. Well, we should receive it with meekness, James 1 tells us. When we receive God's Word, we receive it with meekness, with a humility that, oh yeah, God knows more than me. Have you ever thought about that? <laughs> uh, 
I thought about it, but I've often totally ignored it. <laughs> Maybe you're similar to me. God knows more than me. God knows more than me. It's like giving medicine or food to a toddler. Have you ever, ever tried to do that? Or to yourself. <laughs> um, if you can imagine the picture sitting at a table as a kid who doesn't want to eat and the parents trying to get him to eat his food, him or his food. He doesn't want to do it and he resists. That's the picture really of us. Sometimes we just resist. God. I don't want to do this. God. I, don't, I don't think you know the best, God. You're not as clever as me. It's amazing how young kids think they know more than old people like myself. <laughs> and we might laugh at this because God's Word exists to, to change us, but sometimes it feels uncomfortable, right? The, the toddler putting the peas in his mouth doesn't like the texture, and that's why he's resisting. He doesn't like the feeling at that moment, and so he's resisting it. And that's exactly like us. It feels when God speaks His Word, perfect in goodness, it kind of confronts who we are. Because we're not perfect in goodness. We, are, we have selfish mode. We, we're, we're something inside of us is broken. God's coming to that and speaking to it. And we go, oh, no, surely not, God. And so how do we receive it with meekness? What does receiving it look like? Well, when it normally comes, I don't know if you've ever been, uh, we had a question there. What, 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 what do you do when you receive a correction? When someone goes, oh, you know, and it might have happened at work or in a relationship you have. Someone comes and says, you know, you did that. That wasn't how we do things here at this office. <laughs> and your initial reaction is to defend yourself, to correct them. If you've been in the office longer than them or not, you think you know more, our responses are, are immediately defensive, aren't they? And so sometimes when God starts to put his finger on us, on our lives, our responses might look like some of the responses we had this morning and often do. God's word and his ways of confronting our thoughts need to be received with humility. We go, God, maybe you do know best. Maybe you are showing me something. And we consume and re receive God's word in that aspect of our life with humility. Remaining open to God's word, taking its internal effect. It's not an immediate, uh, or it's not always an immediate change in how we go, God, would your word begin to soak into me? And we begin to ask God to change us. I know if you fight or flight initially, as many of us do, we ask for your initial responses. I'm assuming many of us, after the initial fight or flight, come around. Is that true? I've managed to do that on at least three occasions. I'm hoping you've done more. God brings us around to a place where we go, yeah, actually, that's right, God. But can we begin to do that with God's Word and trust Him in a deeper way? God is busy purging us and putting to death the old, but He's gentle and caring in it. He doesn't rush ahead of our capacity and our willingness. He is slow and tender in bringing His Word into our lives. Our part is to continually submit to the operation that is occurring in our hearts. We have to remain on the operating table. In the 90s, Eminem sang a song about jumping off the operating table, didn't he? Getting out of there while something's going on. You know, God is so faithful that when we jump off the operating table and run away, he just brings us back there, <laughs> just gets us back on the operating table, round the mountain. If you've struggled with certain things, have you ever found that you struggle with them again? 
or is it just me? God's word doesn't change. It's not like, oh, oh, Josh ran away. I guess we'll change the agenda. We'll do something else. We'll ignore that word. <laughs> God brings us back to the operating table. Our job, as painful as it can be, and it can be very painful, but we remain under God's instruction, under God's word, under God's work in our hearts. So we are patiently committed to letting his word and his faithfulness wash over our hearts and our lives. At that point, we have to begin to trust God. And this is our second point. So the first point was receive, learn to receive humbly. The second point is to trust Paul Tripp says, when the Christian life can be boiled down to two words, trust and obey, I must always entrust the things that are out of my control to God. And I must always be faithful to obey His clear and specific commands. I entrust the things which are out of my control to God, and I am faithful to obey His clear and specific commands. We tend to either overdo the things that God should only do, or we tend to underdo the things that he's calling us to do. <laughs> we tend to overdo the things that only God should do, or we tend to underdo the things that he is calling us to do. And we'll look at an example in a moment in, in the scripture, but you know, your, your heart can only love, Jen Wilkins says, what your mind knows. So when we begin to know God's command, know His ways, we begin to love Him and respond to them, then we can do the things which we are called to be faithful in and leave the things that are God's business in His hands. For example, in an area, let's say, of forgiveness, some of us respond in that area. The Bible gives, gives us what to do. We should uh, love others, forgive them. But what we tend to do is we want to change the other person's heart. They don't understand what they did. I need to sort them out. Who can change a heart? <laughs> Whose job is it to change someone's heart? God's job. We tend to get the two mixed up. We want to take on God's role and make sure that hearts are changed <laughs> and forget our role, which God has clearly given us. And this is what we mean by trusting and obey. There's some things in God's word which we didn't trust to Him. And then we obey what we know God has called us to. We trust in God. Do we really trust in God's Word? I have a, I have a funny story, and my wife uh, gave me permission to share this. She was going to be sharing this morning with me, but she's just uh, said I can share the story. So she's right here. You can, you can uh, verify it with her afterwards. But, you know, we tend to trust things. How do we trust things? So if you've seen a Facebook ad, now there you go, That's, that, we've just gone sideways. Anyone seen a Facebook ad? A few months ago, Anna saw a Facebook ad <laughs> on, uh, from certain Facebook doctors who prescribed a medicated skincare product, and the results would be in 8 to 12 weeks. That's a while away. And so she signed up, trusting the word of the medical doctors, and she applied the product Five times a week. Now, what would happen is she put it on and she'd come to bed and the face would be burning because the, I don't know what the, I, I, I gotta, the medical people have to get involved and help explain. But 
And the, and the product said, don't get this on your hands. Like, wash it off your hands. Yeah? And like, it seems a bit concerning that you should put it on your face and make sure you wash it off your hands. But, so look, this, anyway, look, I'm sure there's better products than this out there. And please help us if you know about them. But uh, she kept doing it faithfully, responding and obeying, trusting in the word of these doctors. And week after week, you know, because you had to get to week 12 to see the results. <laughs> so there's such, there's such a high level, that's what we're talking about, high level of trust. She didn't mind the pain. She was like uh, the, the vision of a younger future was, was, was uh, before her eyes. And so she trusted entirely in the Facebook doctors. Now, uh, isn't it amazing how we can trust in something that, that kind of we see as valuable? <laughs> And I guess what the, the, the point of the story is, how do we view God's Word? You know, if some Facebook doctor is telling us something we can trust in, what about the perfect and glorious God who is faithful and good? And when he says something, well, let's put that cream on our face. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and things can be painful. Forgiving can be painful. And trusting yourself to God can be painful. But we know that God is good. We know we are going to get a result. I'm not so sure. You'll have to ask my wife in a few more weeks, if she got a result or not. All right. But God always gets his result. His ways are good. All right. When our world is shaking, we can hold on to his word like no other. His word is more reliable even than Facebook. At this point, I want to play us a video from Esther, who's here this morning, about trusting God and her, some, of, some of her testimony and story in this regard. Chris, can you play that video for us? Hi, my name is Esther. You guys are really good in honouring me. I've been dealing with chronic fatigue for um, about a decade. And I used to be a professional uh, ballet competitive dancer. And my fatigue wasn't identified until after a couple of years I got married to my wonderful husband, Brian, who's filming this video. Um, and some of the things that I was struggling with is I couldn't get out of bed Um, I was always strong. Um, I was in 
traveled the world and um, all of that was taken from me. Um, I didn't know who I was once God took that away from me. I was like, who am I? Who am I, God? What, what do I do? Like, <laughs> where do I go? Um, yeah, I had no idea anymore. I couldn't even put my identity in being a good wife. I couldn't get any wife honors. Um, I couldn't cook for my husband very well. I couldn't love him the way that he needed to be loved. So on and so on. I couldn't be a good daughter. I couldn't be a good sister. I couldn't be a good friend because um, uh, he just did not rely on me. I wouldn't be able to. Yeah, I just wasn't reliable enough. So basically, I was up high, God brought me low, and he humbled me. Um, and yeah, I had to run to God, and I had to find his word, and I had to find truth in his word. I knew that my identity was in Christ, but now I really, truly know my yeah. identity is right. in Christ. Wow. And there's a verse from 1 John one, uh, 3, 1. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is who we are. So I had to trust God and who he says I am, and not what I did or what I will do, but who am I now and always. And I know that I'm, that I'm a child of God, that I'm redeemed, that I'm loved, that I'm a saint, that I'm an inheritance in heaven with him, that I'm a co-heir of Christ. And that I was chosen in him for the foundation of the world. It's truly amazing. <laughs> I love to cry. Um, and the list goes on. And then, <clears throat> and then asking God, okay, I know that I'm your child. How long? How long is this going to take? Yeah. Why is it taking so long? But the Bible talks a lot about suffering. And says we should rejoice in our suffering. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, but it sounds like a bit of a joke. <laughs> but he says that we should. Um, in James 1, 2 to 4, he says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. But perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not yeah. lacking anything. Romans 5, 3 to 4 says, Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. Yeah. Christ is helping me become more like him. He had to sanctify me. He had I have to persevere even now to grow my faith, and I know that my faith is more precious. In gold. And in God we lack nothing. Psalms 23 1. For the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Mm. I shall not want. But then sometimes I feel I've waited long enough. <laughs> I'm like, God, this should have been finished yesterday. Um, why is it still happening? So then I'm like, oh, you know what? I'll just distance myself from you for a little bit because my prayers don't seem to be answered. Nothing seems to be moving forward. Yeah. I'm just continually mm. waiting and nothing's happening. So I distract myself and I decide to, I guess, kind of run away from God a little bit and think what, what would life be like if I wasn't tired every day? 
Um, what would make me happy? How would I feel better? Like laying on the beach in Italy. That sounds pretty nice. <laughs> but um, even if I do try to run away from God, I can't. Psalms 139 says, Where shall I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? I cannot hide from him. Even the thoughts and before a word is on my tongue, he already knows it. He knows me so well from the inside out, better than I know myself. Um, so then I have to keep surrendering myself to him and humbling myself before my father. Because he knows what is best for me, including trials and sufferings. And I trust him when he says, we know that in all things, God works for the good yes. of those who love him. Right. Who called according to his purpose. In Romans 8, 28. And in 1 Peter 4:19, so I will submit myself to God's will and will trust myself to my faithful creator. And Romans 15:13, and trust God, and to trust God that He will fill me with His joy and presence as I trust in Him, so that I can overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So the outcome of trusting God's word is to know God's truth and to trust in him. And I've learned not to rely on my own emotions because my emotions continually change, mm. not only from day to day, but from hour to hour and by minute. Um, but I know that I can trust in God's um, word that lasts forever in 1 Peter 25. I know I've been sanctified and become more like Christ deepening relationship with God and my faith is more precious than gold and my purpose here in life is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever and to proclaim who God is and to spread his word and I'd like to end it with Psalms 119.71 it was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your statutes and I would not change anything because of the deep Wonderful. Thank you, Esther, for that. It was good for me to be afflicted so that I might know your statutes. What a testimony of trust. Trusting in God through very difficult circumstances. It was an exercise to do. I think I'm just going to move to the next one because there's one more beautiful testimony. We receive God's word with humility because it's good. Then we trust God that no matter how hard it is, his word is right. And then we obey him. 2 Timothy 3.16 says... All of Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable to us for reproofing, for correcting, for training us in righteousness so that we might be complete and equipped for every good work. God is changing and training us as we obey Him. Coming back to the uh, IKEA flat pack that we asked you in the beginning, Two things happen with those flat packs. You open them and you think you have a good idea. You decide to ignore the instructions and you put it together yourself. And normally it goes, doesn't work out very well. 
the more complex the item, the worse it gets. So if you've done a, if you've done a lamp, you may succeed. <laughs> if you've done a chair, you have a little more problems. If you've done an entire kitchen, you may have come close to divorce. <laughs> Life is more complicated than a chair or a kitchen. When we're trying to put something together, <laughs> you don't want to be winging it. We want to be following God's ways. So that can happen when we decide to follow the God's instructional ways or not. The other version is to read the instructions and do nothing. You know, imagine if you unpacked it and left all the parts on the floor, read the instructions and left the kitchen in a thousand pieces and then over the next six weeks your wife comes to you and says, could you put the kitchen together? I'm trying to cook dinners and have family here. You're like, just use it. You didn't, what's the problem? You know, if you do nothing about it, it yeah. you, it's going to be even worse than, than having unpacked it. I'd rather just leave it in the box. Sometimes we get like that with God's Word. We either sort of try wing it and do our version that we think's best, or we just ignore it entirely. Either way, things don't really go uh, well. <laughs> I think sometimes as Christians we, can, we might complain that there's no peace or power in being a Christian, but in reality, the reality is that we have never read and done His Word. We can often read it and go, oh, that's nice, and then carry on doing exactly what we were doing before. Receive the goodness of God's Word. Trust. Trust through the hardest of circumstances that He knows best and obey what He has called us to. Romans 9, or sorry, Romans 12 gives us this scripture, Blessed, bless those who persecute. This is an example of God's word and trusting and obeying it. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil. But give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. And for by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome evil do not overcome, sorry, by evil, but overcome evil with good. In this verse, we have some things which God calls us to, and this is how it plays out. These are the things that we can obey in. Bless those who persecute you. Is that easy? <laughs> no, but it's what God calls us to. Be tender and compassionate. That's not easy either, is it? Commit to living in harmony with others. These are things that God calls us to. Do not be proud. As far as you can, live at peace with anyone. Meet your enemy's needs, verse 20. Overcome evil with good, verse 21. These are all things God calls us to do. And when we read the scriptures, it's wonderful to ask the questions, what is God asking of me and what is God's business? In this text, we see some of God's work as well, where he says, do not retaliate with evil or repay. Do not revenge. Leave that to God. God's job is to sort out the circumstance and the business. He doesn't ask us to do that. We need to trust in God that He 
will do those things. And so as Paul Tripp, this comes straight out of Paul Tripp's book, anyway, just, just so you know, but it says, we must do what God has called us to do with a spirit of joyful submission and in a spirit of humble trust, we let God do what he alone can do. And so we heard a wonderful testimony of how to trust God to give the things which we don't understand and know about into God's hand, consume his word. I love, Esther, how many scriptures you were reading in there. Just, this is God's word. This is God. I'm trusting in God. I'm putting my trust in all these promises of God. That's one part of it. And then there's a second part where we respond and do what God says to us to do. And I'd love us to watch another video of a testimony of someone responding and just doing God's word, responding and doing some of these difficult things that we even read. Chris, do you mind playing uh, Steph's video for us? Seven, I feel that God, you are 
at the end, Chris? Yeah, I think it was. Uh, thank you, Steph. What an amazing testimony. I know a little bit. I can obey a little bit. What a difference to, I think, uh, most of us who just want to know more and more. <laughs> Come to church to get more and more information. You don't need more information, just obey the information you have, obey the God's commands you already have. Such a wonderful testimony. I know a little bit, I can obey a little bit. The question that comes to us this morning is how do we respond to God's word? We receive it humbly. We trust in him and who he is and we simply obey it, simply do like Steph said, it's not easy. Come on, God, are you serious? <laughs> the Holy Spirit is available to help us if we'll pursue it and try and give ourselves to Him. He will enable us. We're coming to land. I want to bring us into a time of communion. I'm, I'm not quite sure how to had to land here. We, we had um, we had an exercise, so I think maybe we can we'll do that together as some form of response, even in the meeting now, to this this kind of word that we've heard and these testimonies we've heard, and then we'll go to communion. So I'll, I wonder if we can do this. We can get into some groups of about three or four, and there's a couple of questions which are going to come up on the screen. And yeah. Okay, I think Anna's just suggesting, let's do the last one. There's two there, so just for the sake of time. And the second uh, question on that, uh, no, go back one slide. That's the summary slide. Then. No, back again. There, that one there. Is there an aspect of your life that is on your mind right now? Something that's maybe, the, as you said earlier, the Holy Spirit's bringing to remembrance. Something you're struggling with, perhaps. Maybe one of the answers to the Mentimeter questions at the beginning. What is God's word calling you to? Uh, what is God's word calling you, calling you to trust Him in? How, how can you trust God in that area? And what is God's word calling you to obey Him in? So, just those two aspects that we've looked at this morning. 
How can you trust God or leave some things with God? And how can you obey him? What can you do? What can you respond in God's word? Let's do that now. Grab, grab a few. Does that make sense? No, I think do it in groups. It's fine. Three or fours. <laughs> Feel free, if, you, if you're if a visitor here, just pass and, and, and enjoy listening to some of the other stories. You're not under pressure to expose yourself. That's fine, to expose you know the deep secrets you have. But let's take a moment to do that. It doesn't have to be a response from every person. That's fine. Groups of three or four. Let's take five minutes and do that, if you don't mind. Thanks. Oh, wonderful. All right, we'll, we're going to uh, just draw you back together for a moment when we're going to go to communion. I don't want to interrupt. If you're having a wonderfully deep conversation, please feel free to continue uh, either in the communion or afterwards. Uh, wonderful to hear so many uh, conversations going on. So we did have two more exercises. So you got off light today. You only had one, one set of questions. <laughs> But the testimonies were, were so wonderful. I think it's been a wonderful morning. Um, just as we, as we come to communion, uh, I just want to remind us this morning's word on, we've spent a month in the word of God. God's such, such goodness to us in his word. What a delight God's word is. What a rescue God's word is. What a goodness God's word is. And so I hope you've been encouraged to... Um, consume more of God's word, to uh, form a, some form of regular habit. You know, you might ask, well, how do I do all of this? I think regular habit is good. You build up a storehouse. You know, all those scriptures that Esther was reading out to us, those have been very real to her uh, through the days and weeks, and she's held on to them. Do that. Build up a storehouse. Read and read and read. Search the scriptures if you're struggling with something. Search the scriptures. What does the Bible speak to this? Do the searches. Go to the scriptures. Ask the Holy Spirit for help. The Holy Spirit, Jesus promised, will lead us and help us in this process of walking in his ways and knowing his word. Ask the Holy Spirit for help. Ask others for help. Ask your community group leader. Ask the elders. Ask other believers. If you're struggling with issues, say, speak God's word to me. Yeah. Tell me. I know it's going to hurt, but tell me. <laughs> I want to encourage you to Allow God's word to be the goodness in your life that it is, that it can be. Don't jump off the operating table. God's very patient and clever. He'll bring you back. <laughs> He's very patient and very clever. I want to encourage you to trust God's word, to receive it with humility, to trust it, and then pursue obeying it. As we come down to communion this morning, why don't we... Respond, try and respond to those three things in this word this morning. God, I want to receive humbly your word. I want to trust you and I want to obey you. All for your glory and even for my good. Thank you, Jesus. Come down and let's take communion together.